0: Welcome
1: to episode 28 of The Practice of Nonprofit Leadership. I'm Tim Barnes. And I'm Nathan Ruby. Well, Tim, we are in the middle of discussing team dynamics and how a team works together and how one leads a team well. In our last episode, we talked about what makes a bad or ineffective team. Patrick Lencioni would call it the dysfunctions of a team. And we referenced his book, The Five Dysfunctions Dysfunctions of a Team, which Tim and I both highly recommend. So we finished our last episode with this statement. Here is the challenge. If you are the leader, it is your responsibility to create the environment and lead the team to effectiveness. Your actions really do matter. And that's kind of at the crux of it, Tim. It is as the leader, it is it is on you. It's not on your board. It's not on your staff. It's not on your volunteers. It is on you to lead your team. So let's talk about the characteristics of an effective team and the role of the leader in helping them become an effective team. Tim, the stage is yours. All right.
0: Well, I'm excited about that. And we had, we had fun just talking about it. and. and and looking at our own teams that we're involved with, so so again, there's five there's five key positive things um, if your team is impactful and effective, and it's going to sound like the opposite of last episode, and it kind of is. <laughs> so number one, if your team is is doing well, they trust each other. There is a trust among the team. Now I wonder if the first thought that came to your mind, I don't know if you've ever done if you've ever done this in like team retreats where it's like the trust fall exercise where you lean back and trust the person to catch you. I have to admit I have a few bruises uh from those times.
1: <laughs> I've never um, done it, but I've seen it on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Or or maybe, you know, for those of you a little older, uh, the Charlie Brown cartoon where Charlie consistently trust Lucy to hold that football while he kicks it. And she pulls it away every time.
1: And you see it coming. He's running up to it. And it's like, Charlie, no. But he does it every time.
0: So that's not a good team if you're pulling the ball away. <laughs> um, but trust is so vital for a team to move forward. Again, as we mentioned last week, it's not something that is demanded, but it is earned. And so important for the team to, to go forward. So so, how can a leader create trust in, in their team? And I think, again, it is on you to help set that atmosphere. So here's, here are some things. One is to personally demonstrate genuine vulnerability. And I think that's, that's the idea that if you want people to be open on your team, you need to be open. You need to share. And again, you don't have to give the whole basket of dirty laundry but but the idea that hey when you are struggling when you have some challenges or or when things are going well I mean just being open and and vulnerable to let people inside I think is is really important. We talked about a couple of things we're doing on on our teams Nathan
1: yeah and you know one of the things that I do and with my team is well there's two things. One is my team is very aware of what my uh, skill sets are and they're also aware of where my deficiencies are. And it's not in a, not in a sense of false modesty, but in a, in a sense of, Hey, you, you team, you know, you know what my strengths are. You know what my weaknesses are. And so as a team, I, I need you that w- who have strengths in these other areas to, to be with me because, you know, I can write, but I don't enjoy it and I don't write quickly. And so, you know, we have people that can write and I'm not a detail person. And so when the, when the, when the topic of, of details comes up in our, our team meetings, uh, the team will actually laugh at me. And uh, in my, my struggle with the details. And so they know that that's something that they need to pick up because I, I'm just not very good at it. So my team's very aware of, of where my strengths are and, and where my weaknesses are. But um, one of the things that we do for each of our staff meetings is we start out with a, uh, it's, it's called an icebreaker. So it's just a question and we go through go through the team. It's a, it's a simple thing. Uh, one time we did, you know, favorite ice cream flavor. We've done, uh, what if you, what movie that you've seen at least five times, you will watch all the way through when it comes when you see it again. Uh, we did one last week that was, uh, actually one of our best ones. It was, What fashion trend would you like to see come back? And it was, we laughed and we laughed and we laughed at some of the answers that people had. And so, you know, people were willing to throw out there, you know, this is, I'd love to see this come back. And uh, we just, it it was a great 10 minutes. And if, if your team is laughing, genuinely laughing together, that's a pretty good sign. You've got a, you've got a good team dynamic.
0: And I was telling Nathan, one of the things that we do, we have a standing meeting with the team that I lead and we go through, kind of the beginning of the week, what are you working on? What are the challenges we're wrestling with? But we always start with personal updates. And so the idea of just, you know, Hey, uh, like someone was a uncle for the first time. And so we celebrate that. That's awesome. Or someone has a um, a mother or a father who's sick and is really having a hard time. And so we sympathize and we encourage it. but it's just, you know, it can be anywhere from, Hey, I'm just loving the fact of sun shining and it's warm out. That's awesome. But, but creating that atmosphere for, for people to be able to share both fun and exciting things to celebrate together, but also hard things where we can walk along with each other, you know, be a community to each other that, that adds the trust. If you if you care about those things, then I can trust you to share share those. So it's looking for those opportunities to create that openness that, again, you as a leader demonstrate by how you share and by what you're open about as well. And, and to be able to share, I know for some of us this is harder than others, uh, be able to provide the opportunity to share feelings as well as facts. Um, there are feelers in your group, and you need to create opportunity for that to happen, right, Nathan? You need to remember that. Um, Yes, uh,
1: I have to be intentional about the feelings because it's easy for me to skip right over that part.
0: A second thing is that an effective team is able to engage. We said this last week to engage in unfiltered conflict around ideas. Okay, they're able to really talk about, hey, what do you think and what's what do you what do you see and able to put those ideas out there as opposed to saying, you know, it's, it's my way or the highway is, as the leader um and so so the role of the leader in this is that they don't they don't shut down debate or even vigorous debate of ideas you know they they invite they invite people to bring their stuff there and to to give their insights and to to share their opinions and ideas of it. and they and they model good conflict behavior so if it gets personal, that's when the leader steps in and goes, "Oh, wait a minute, I think we're moving away from the actual idea. It's not about George. it's not about Jane. It's about the the ideas. That's what we're we're talking about here and try to provide some personal protection, but still allow some of that debate to happen and and make sure that personal attacks don't don't take place.
1: yeah, and you know, most of the time, people just want to be heard. And that's a, that's a big, if you get any type of customer service training, that's one of the things they talk about is, is a lot of time people, they just, they want to know that their opinion counts. They want to know that they're that their, uh, that their humanity is important to the person that's listening. And so you could go a long way by just letting people share what they think, give their input, give their feedback. Uh, and it that'll go a long way in helping your team feel like they're valued and important.
0: We were just we were having a meeting this week about some some things that are going on. It's kind of some chaotic time around <laughs> around the world, and we're kind of in the middle of some of this. But I was meeting with my team and and I began to talk about well, so this is kind of the approach we're gonna take. We're gonna go this way. And and in the middle of it, I stopped and I'm like, you know, I need I need their input. And so I just came back and go, "Hey, wait a minute. Let me let me ask you what's your thought on this? What do you what do you see?" And that was so that was so helpful as opposed to just you know, sometimes if it's an emergency as a leader you got to make a decision, you just jump in. But most often there's opportunity to invite to in, invite input and insights from from your team. And so Let's talk about those ideas. Let's talk hard about them. Let's wrestle with them, so that we can come to a, a good a good understanding and maybe have a better idea or a better uh, perspective than if I didn't have all the all the inputs. So, trusting each other, engaging in unfiltered conflict around ideas. A third one is that a team commits to commit to decisions and plans of action. So a team is in sync on this is what we're gonna do and this is how we're we're gonna move forward. And I, I think there's a couple of things a leader does to help that happen. And one is a, a leader has to be comfortable with making a decision, even if it turns out wrong. You know, at some point you have to say, I'm responsible and this is the direction we're gonna we're gonna go. If you've done the first part, which is you've allowed the ideas and the input to be there, it's easier to finally make that decision. But my personality, um, I have to really wrestle with this because my personality is we can have a meeting and I'm I'm actually okay to walk away from that meeting without closing the loop. That's my personality. But there are others. I drive I drive other people crazy because they want to be like, what what are we going to do? What's the decision? and so a leader has to be comfortable with with making that decision and and bringing the decisions to a closure like okay this really is you know this is what we're going to do
1: and in the with this comes the a lot of relationships there's a an example or or a um, what's the word i want a uh example of a bank account and you know when you keep putting money into the bank account then there's there's money in the bank account that you can take out. same way with the relationships you you put you make deposits into the relationship so that when the time comes you have to take make a, a withdrawal, then you have this built up uh, value inside that relationship so it can it can handle the withdrawal and I think this this really comes out here of making decisions, for a plan of action and not everybody not everybody's going to agree with you that's just that's just part of leading teams where people are different they have different experiences they have different backgrounds they have different levels of risk that they that they're comfortable with everybody is different and not everybody is going to agree with you if you have given them time to to have input they know that you value them as a member of the team And you have a history of doing that when the time comes to make those decisions. And even if it's not the decision that the other members of the team would make, if they were in your shoes, they will still follow you if you have this history of caring and loving them uh, and and treating them as a team. It'll make that decision way more easier to to move forward with.
0: Nathan, I know one of the challenges that we found in some of our experiences has been, sometimes a leader is driven to consensus at all costs. And that sounds, I don't want to be kind of sounding, it sounds noble. And yes, you want people to buy in and and whatever, but what's your perspective on consensus at all costs?
1: Yeah. Consensus is, is important. And, and I don't mean to diminish it at all because it is important. And you do have to have consensus on, you know, vision and mission and where we're going as an organization that you, you do need consensus on that. And I think a, a, an example of that is, is sometimes in board meetings where you need to balance discussion and having time for discussion and then moving, but then moving it along. And it could be in staff meetings as well. In any group discussion, there's, you know, sometimes you get a tendency where you, you, somebody makes a point and then the next person makes the same point, but they just say different, you know, use different words. And then the next person makes the same point and they're just using different words and oh my gosh, you know, we're sitting there for three hours. So there's this, there's this tension between letting everybody have their input and you know, Robert's rules of order, you know, calling the question, we're going to vote now. And, you know, so cutting it off. And I think that is the art of leadership, that there is no scientific formula that you can use for that. And, you know, Tim, before we recorded this, we were talking about how, you know, leaders are not born there. Some you could be born with some innate qualities that make you a better leader than than others. But that is not the only way you become a leader you are you, leaders are built over time and through experience and learning how to to make your team feel like they have been heard and that their opinion counts and that you have that you have taken what they said to heart and then making your decision and moving forward with that and being committed to that that is the art of leadership. And that is, it just, you get better at it over time. So if you're a brand new executive director and you're listening to this episode and, you know, you've got your first team meeting coming up or your first board meeting coming up, just know that you're going to make mistakes (laughs) and it's, and it's okay. You will get better over time as, as you learn and experience these things.
0: And so if, and you can kind of see how this works, if a team trusts each other, and if they are have the opportunity to give their insights and wrestle through these things, then when it comes to making a decision, those those decisions are built on the trust and on the ideas that have been shared. And so as a team, we move forward. And as a leader, you may have to make that call. You may have said, this is what we're going to do. But you've got that foundation to take the next step. And everybody's saying, OK, that's what we're going to do. This is our, our plan of action.
1: Yeah, and I, I another thing where that comes out is for new executive directors. This could come out in in with your staff and volunteers, uh, your board. The more history that you have with them, and that you you made a decision on a on a course of action, and that course of action maybe it wasn't perfect. You know, things decisions on uh, in nonprofits, especially small nonprofits, are are seldom perfect. You know, you make a decision to move forward on something and then you always have hurdles and obstacles that you have to go over under or around or however, it's, it's never easy. It's never simple. The more experience your team has with you that you have made a decision and you've gotten to a successful conclusion on that, the more they will trust you for the next one. And again, that is built over time. It doesn't happen overnight.
0: We're, we have trust, we've talked about ideas, we've committed to a decision and plan of action. And then the, the fourth aspect of a really positive team is that they hold one another accountable for delivering against those plans. So it's the idea is, hey, we've made the decision, we're moving forward, and there's this created sense of a, of a shared accountability. So there's a recognition that our individual actions impact everyone on the team so instead of instead of like oh the the leader has to be watching and making sure everybody does what they do there's this there's this sense that we all are we all are holding each other accountable so if someone's dropping the ball other people on the team can say hey i I really need you to do that because that's impacting you're impacting what we're trying to do as a team and again that takes time But it's such a different atmosphere when we're committed together rather than just the leader keeping everyone accountable. Although with that said, the leader, one of the things the leader needs to be able to do is to not hesitate to step in if it's needed. If accountability is not happening, the leader needs to provide that accountability. And just like, hey, is there a problem? Do you need help? Uh, what's, What's happening? You know, we're, we're missing this piece. And so how can we get that from here to there? So um it's yeah, not I, necessarily saying you're, you know, you're jerking, you're messing up, but it's, as a leader, you're stepping in to say, how can I help you take that step?
1: Right. So use an example of a, a report that's due, you know, reports that's a quarterly report is due you know, the, the first week after the end of the quarter. So we're coming up on the end of the first quarter, that's January, February, March. So at the end of the first week of April, that quarterly report is due. So if you have a member of the team who is not getting that report in consistently, then the, the leader has to, you know, the, 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 the deliverable, the expectation is that report is due at the end of the first week. That is non-negotiable. We're not gonna we're not gonna give you a second week or a third week or a fourth week. You know, maybe once in a while, if there's some significant, you know, event that took place in that person's life, sure, it, it's, things can be late. You know, once in a while, that's fine. But if we're consistently late, that's a problem. So the the leader has to step in and say, okay, we're not hitting this on time. And just like you said, Tim, what. the the, the role of the leader is to not beat them over the head with a stick and, and chastise them. The role is to say, okay, what do we need to do? What do we need a new process? Do we need, do you need help? Do you, what can we do to help you make that happen? Um, And then after that, if if you continually, if that report is late after that, then, then it becomes a, a discipline issue. And then ultimately it's, you know, probably if they're not getting that report in on time, there's probably other things that they're missing as well. And so maybe it be, at some point it becomes a, you know, we need to, we need to make a change here. Uh, but that's, the change is not the first thing you do. It's how, how could we help you hit this on time?
0: And and so creating that atmosphere where it's, we're not afraid to have those conversations and even as a team, saying, "Hey, we're not making it. How can we? How can we do it?" And so that's the key. An effective team is one holds each other accountable for for delivering against those plans. Our final thing is uh, final point is that an effective team foc- focuses on the achievement of the collective results. So we've put out there what we're trying to do, what we want to see happen, and so that's our focus it's not necessarily hey look what i did but it's look what we did the the expectation is that the team is focused on the results to which which they've committed two things i would encourage a leader to consider one is we need to make sure that the leader is defining what those results look like cuz i can't be committed to something that it's not clear and so that's the role of a leader in this is as a team to help help the team and make sure it's very clear what we're what we're looking for what the results are. And I think another key thing is it's really important to celebrate when you hit those things. you know what you celebrate are the things that are going to get done.
1: yeah and and that's uh, something that I, I see in myself as a, as a leader. I am a, a type A uh, driver personality. And no matter what goal I set, and no matter how well I do at achieving that goal, ultimately it's never enough. You know, if we set the goal to to raise you know X number of dollars, because I'm a fundraiser at heart, you know, if the goal is to fundraise X and we fundraise X plus, my first thought is always, well, geez, we should have done you know X plus. plus. And and no matter what I do, it seems to not be enough. And, but that is something that I recognize in myself. And so I have to be really careful that I allow myself to celebrate when we do good, but also to make sure the team is celebrating and because it's through that celebration, through that encouragement, through that fun, that people, that teams will grab the next goal or the next project with excitement and enthusiasm Cause it's been a positive experience. And I think in the, in the nonprofit world, especially smaller nonprofits where funding is so tight and the need is so great. And the, the organization is probably not always, but probably so understaffed. You are so overwhelmed with the day-to-day tasks of getting through the day. And, you know, you, instead of seeing the forest, you see every single tree, it's easy to forget to, you know, celebrate once in a while those successes that we have, and um, and to focus on that the good that we're doing and the impact that we're making.
0: The key positive characteristics of a, of an effective team is that there's trust with each other. There's engagement in unfiltered conflict around ideas. There's a commitment to decisions and plans of action. There's accountability for delivering against those plans, and there's a focus on the achievement of the collective results. And so it's the idea that we are we are focused on the team results as opposed to our individual results. As we kind of wrap up, here are three things to consider about where do I go from here. Well, I think the first one is take some time to assess how your team is doing. It may just be you and two volunteers, or it may be your board, or it may be, you know, maybe you have a number of employees, but wherever situation you find yourself in, ask yourself, how are we doing? Let's let's think about that compared to what we talked about. And how are you leading? Are you setting the pace? What is your role in helping this team be effective? And secondly, choose one of the areas that we've mentioned to work on, and take a few small steps. Take a, Make a couple actions. You're not going to be perfect tomorrow. It's, as you say, Nathan, the, that incremental changes. You know, it happens day by day. It's not like, oh, tomorrow we're going to be the best team. And you can't do them all. So pick out one thing and begin to build on that. Take one or two little actions. And we would say, go buy the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni. It'll be linked in the show notes. And, and by the way, we don't get any benefit if you buy the book. We just believe it's a really good resource and could be very helpful. So encourage you to, to buy the book. Nathan, any final words from you?
1: Well, yeah, it's you know, leading teams is uh, it, it's not simple, it's not easy. Uh, but it is extremely enjoyable. And when you when you get to the final result and your team has succeeded and has uh, reached the goal or delivered the product or you know delivered the program, it is, I think the joy and happiness that you get from being part of a team and being part of that success way outpaces the joy and happiness you would get of achieving something on your own. So take the time, make the effort, make your teams better, and you will you will see a difference in the organization and how it gets closer to its vision and mission. Thank you for listening in today. What issues are you struggling with in your nonprofit leadership? Could we be of help? Is there a topic we could address that would be helpful to you? You could go to nonprofitleader.online and leave us a message or send us an email. Our email addresses are always in the show notes. Also, could we ask a favor? Would you leave a review of our podcast on the platform on which you were listening? That helps put the podcast out there and catch the eye of other nonprofit leaders who might benefit from the podcast. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.